0: Welcome to the PartCast series, Episode 42, Part 2, Child Welfare Worker Continuity – Recommendations for Preventing Turnover. The PartCast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archives. This podcast will examine some of the factors that result in unexpected case transfers between workers and offer strategies for minimizing child welfare worker turnover. Introduction In order to address turnover, organizations must first decide on which type of turnover they wish to focus, as intervention strategies will depend on the type of turnover. For instance, involuntary turnover resulting from employee termination requires a different response from employers compared to voluntary turnover, wherein the employee terminates their own job contract. Types of turnover of child welfare workers include the following. Termination, employee exit, for reasons such as return to school, parenting, to remain in child welfare but move to another organization, or to move to a new field. Employee mobility, such as lateral transfer or promotion, retirement, or death. The interventions to address any one of these types of turnover can best be organized using the employee life cycle and begin during the recruitment process of new hires. Strategies to address turnover throughout the employee life cycle. Recruitment. Hiring and recruitment practices must take into account the type of worker that will be able to thrive in the complex and stressful child welfare workplace, thus minimizing the risk of turnover right from the very beginning. Recruitment should focus on finding workers who have completed an education that corresponds with the job requirements, who have experience in child welfare or have completed a practicum in child welfare, and who are able to work under pressure. During the hiring process, employers must ensure that potential staff understand the nature of the work and what they will be expected to do, including documentation, additional administrative duties, and the complexity of the cases they will face. Some agencies have developed a realistic job preview video so that potential hires have the opportunity to gain an accurate overview of the job expectations and working conditions they will encounter. These agencies also use a pre-employment test to screen potential hires by determining whether they have the characteristics required for a successful child protection worker, as well as a scenario-based skills test that requires each applicant to formulate a response which can be assessed for written communication skills. Some organizations struggle to fill vacancies due to a shortage of human resources, challenges in finding qualified workers, less desirable geographic locations, and economic conditions that impact the number of people seeking work. While it might be necessary to hire less qualified workers, organizations must always keep in mind that these workers are less likely to remain employed, either due to termination or quitting, and that the cost of replacing a worker is one-third of that worker's salary. Short-term benefits of hiring an unqualified worker are often outweighed by the long-term costs of the increased turnover resulting from unqualified workers. Thinking critically. Does your organization have a strategic recruitment process that attempts to promote worker continuity? For example, do you aim to hire workers who have completed a child welfare practicum, child welfare-specific courses, or have self-efficacy in certain skills? How can your agency promote worker continuity within the recruitment stage? Onboarding and Training Once potential applicants have been screened and hired, it is important to implement a structured orientation process that will introduce new workers not only to the work that they will do, but also to the resources available to support them. Some onboarding activities include extensive supportive supervision, shadowing of colleagues, mentoring or coaching from experienced colleagues, and pre-service training. The transition to practice must be gradual. A sink-or-swim approach tends to result in mistakes and high degrees of worker stress during a critical time when new employees are at the greatest risk of job exit. Delaying assigning cases to new workers until pre-service training is completed is important in ensuring that workers have the self-efficacy, that is, the belief that they can do the job, necessary to decrease unnecessary stress and reduce the risk of burnout. Thinking critically. How does your organization support new workers? How long does your organization consider someone to be a new worker? How can your organization support a new worker's self-efficacy, so they are confident in their abilities and are able to appropriately develop their knowledge and skills? Does your organization use a scaffolding approach? That is, breaking learning and development up into smaller tasks, coupled with a support system. DEVELOPMENT Worker development through ongoing training, continuing education, and opportunity for promotion Are crucial for keeping workers engaged in their work and increasing their intention to remain employed with the organization. Unengaged workers are more likely to seek alternative employment, as are workers who lack self-efficacy. Ongoing training ensures that workers' skills and self-efficacy is maintained so that they are best able to serve children and families. Further, as previously described, one of the reasons for employee exit is return to school. If workers have the opportunity to improve their education while employed, the organization benefits twice, first by keeping the employee on board, and second by having a well-educated, experienced worker on staff when promotion opportunities emerge. University organizational partnerships are a good opportunity for not only providing existing employees with continuing education and keeping them engaged in their work, but also as a source of potential applicants for job openings. Continued supervisor support is also essential in ensuring workers feel supported and their work acknowledged. Insufficient support and lack of leadership are two of the problems reported by organizations in the work environment. Thinking critically How does your organization promote professional development? How are skill and knowledge development needs assessed? Is there a strategy to promote training transfer? Retention. Active organizational focus on retention is important in limiting the number of workers that move on to the last stage of the employee life cycle, turnover. Job dissatisfaction and employee burnout, which can cause workers to disengage from their work, are best addressed during the retention phase of the employee life cycle. There are two key areas where organizations can focus their retention efforts, the work environment and the work conditions. Following strategies for addressing each of these will be outlined. Strategies for addressing the work environment include recognition of work, reinforcement that work accomplished is useful, career advancement opportunities, staff development opportunities, ongoing stress management training, peer support, individualized work plans, and implementing multicultural policies and practices. Strategies for addressing the work conditions include clear safety measures, limit overtime, flexibility in working hours, decreased workload, increased vacation or leave time, job sharing, job rotation, technological support, increased salary, and improved benefits. Some of the strategies needed to improve work conditions and the work environment might seem daunting. For instance, finding the funds to increase workers' salary might be difficult. However, the risk is substantial, especially in geographically less desirable areas, that trained employees will leave for higher-paying organizations if their salaries are not on par with marketplace norms, while taking into account workload, experience, and cost of living. Increasing benefits, such as salary and vacation, and leaves, for example, for education, available to workers, might initially be difficult. However, it could be key in ensuring that unforeseen reasons for taking leaves of absence, such as maternity leave, parental leave, caregiving, or illness, do not become a reason for turnover due to lack of organizational supports. The child welfare workforce is still predominantly female and as most caregiving tasks remain gendered, therefore child welfare workers must be supported so that unpreventable temporary leaves do not become permanent preventable turnover. Limiting workload by taking into account case complexity and caseload is difficult in times of budget cuts and hiring freezes. However, overextended workers are at risk of not only burnout, but also of making more mistakes. Research in the United States has shown that recurrence of child abuse and neglect is higher in organizations where caseload and turnover pressures are also high. Turnover. Not all cases of turnover can be avoided. For instance, termination of unsuitable workers is necessary to ensure child safety and well-being. As well, at least some turnover will occur from internal mobility of workers as they are promoted to new roles or move to other positions in the organization. However, even this stage of the employee life cycle is an opportunity for developing and implementing retention strategies. All employees who leave the agency, especially those who leave voluntarily, should be given an exit interview. According to the Human Resources Council, exit interviews allow organizations to identify areas where the organization is doing well to pinpoint areas where the organization can improve, to confirm the skill sets, experience, and attributes needed for the job, to capture useful knowledge, contacts, tips, and so forth from the exiting employee, to understand why the employee is leaving, and to end the relationship on positive terms. This person could refer or deter potential new applicants. The information gathered from exit interviews can inform the recruitment, onboarding, training, development, and retention strategies that are needed by the organization. For sample exit interview questions, please see the Human Resources Council website at hrcouncil.ca. In conjunction with exit interviews, organizations should also be tracking annual turnover through retention strategies and administrative data. While administrative data provides the organization with information about actual turnover rates, Anonymous retention surveys can provide information on risk factors for turnover, including employees' intention to leave or remain, reasons for intention to leave or remain, employees' job-seeking behaviors, job satisfaction, and commitment to the organization. The goal of retention surveys is to determine what steps organizations can take to increase employees' intention to remain. Online survey software packages can guarantee anonymity for respondents. A basic program, such as SurveyMonkey, can be used for simple surveys, and more advanced programs, such as Qualtrics, allow for the creation of complex surveys through simple drag-and-drop dashboards and can automatically generate reports from the results. There are also existing assessment tools that can be used in the retention planning process. The organizational social context can be used by agencies to assess their level of organizational proficiency and the wider organizational culture as a whole in order to determine which areas require system-level change. Assessments should also be conducted with service users. Valuable feedback can be gained through surveys and interviews with children and families involved in the child welfare process, particularly if the information collected is anonymous, as it allows families to provide feedback without fear of reprisal. Mundy and colleagues also suggest using a culturally relevant measure of client satisfaction in child welfare services, given the diversity of the client population serviced. Thinking critically. Does your organization regularly assess intent to leave or remain with the organization? Why or why not? Recommendations for minimizing service disruptions. A certain amount of turnover will occur even with the best retention strategies. Workers will leave their positions either temporarily or permanently, and organizations must have a system in place to support children and families through the case transfer process. Service disruption must be minimized, especially in cases where permanency might be negatively impacted by a change in workers. Strategies for minimizing service disruption can be employed at three levels by workers by supervisors, and by organizations. Strategies by workers include the following. Ensure the child and family are aware in advance of the case transfer and why it is occurring. Meet at least once, preferably repeatedly, with the new worker and the family to introduce the new worker and facilitate the relationship building process between the family and the new worker. Allow the child and family to voice their concerns about the transfer and attempt to address all concerns. In the case of a child in care or a family with few social supports, ensure that there are other service providers, such as foster parents, group home workers, or mental health counselors, who can help maintain a sense of continuity for the child and family and minimize feelings of abandonment. End the relationship with a sense of closure. The number and quality of visits by the new worker can help facilitate engagement of the family and minimize service disruption. Strategies by supervisors include the following. Provide support to workers during the transfer process. Terminating a working relationship in the middle of an intervention can be stressful not only for families, but also for workers. Facilitate the transfer process if the worker is unable to do so. Ensure that the new worker is up to date on the case file and that every attempt is made to avoid delay in permanency or family reunification as a result of the case transfer. Monitor the development of the working relationship between the new worker and the family, and provide engagement support if necessary. Workers' sense of self-efficacy will impact their ability to transcend any initial resistance on the part of the child and family from a worker change. Strategies by organizations include the following. Organizations with a positive culture that prioritizes family outcomes and worker proficiency are less impacted by worker turnover. Agencies should monitor their organizational culture annually to ensure it maintains a client focus that is responsive to client needs. Provide continued training to maintain worker knowledge and skills. Set up a client feedback process. Create and maintain working ties with other service providers in the area to facilitate a coordinated service response. Though it is not possible in all cases to provide families with advanced warning and have time to follow all of these steps, all attempts should be made to provide a sense of continuity for the family. If the worker is unavailable due to illness or sudden termination to follow these steps, the supervisor must step in to facilitate the transition process. Beneficial worker turnover Worker turnover is not a negative phenomenon in all situations. In certain situations, it could actually be beneficial for children and families to be assigned a new worker. 1. When worker competency is judged by supervisors and management to be insufficient and the worker must be terminated. Not everyone who enters the child welfare workforce is capable of or wants to adapt to the stressful, fast-paced, and complex casework involved. Organizations must have evaluations in place to judge worker effectiveness and determination process in place when further training or support is insufficient in improving worker performance. 2. When there is significant resistance and conflict in the working relationship between caseworker and family. Occasionally, workers and clients will not be able to form an effective working relationship. Particularly given the investigative nature of child welfare, families can be quite hesitant to engage with workers. In cases where repeated attempts by caseworkers and supervisors have been made to improve the working relationship with little or no impact, it might be helpful to try assigning a new caseworker to the family. Caregivers might be more willing to cooperate with a worker with a different approach from that of the initial worker. 3. When a worker with a similar cultural background to the child or family is available. Workers who share a cultural background with the client might be better able to understand the family's socio-cultural perspective and might be in a better position to facilitate an effective working relationship with the family than a worker coming from an outsider perspective. This is part of the rationale behind ensuring that Aboriginal children and families are served by Aboriginal agencies, or at the very least Aboriginal workers, in order to decrease the overrepresentation of Aboriginal children and youth in care of the government. Challenges to Ensuring Worker Continuity Many of the strategies outlined in this podcast require organizations to be proactive in minimizing preventable turnover. Unfortunately, being proactive often means investing substantial funds, initially, for limited immediate benefits. The return on investment of improving retention will often not be quickly noticed by organizations while the cost of a selective hiring process, improved salary and benefits packages, and increases in training opportunities and continuing education will be felt immediately. It takes time for turnover to decrease, and for organizational cultures to change. However, once that change occurs, research indicates that the return on investment will be visible in improved succession planning, lower turnover, reduced recurrence, and improved time to permanency. These long-term benefits outweigh the initial costs to organizations. You have been listening to the PartCast series, episode 42, part 2, Child Welfare Worker Continuity, Recommendations for Preventing Turnover. At partcanada.org, you can access part 1 of this episode, as well as literature reviews in print format in the Particles Library. The PartCast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about and additional resources on this episode's topic, the ParkCast series, or practice and research together, please visit www.partcanada.org.